Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people. Learn more about the program by visiting walkintruth.com. Hey, we hope you're having a blessed Christmas season. Join us for the next half hour to hear a teaching by Assistant Pastor Chris Van Hook in 1 Corinthians chapter 7 called Singleness, Marriage, and Ministry. I think what Paul's trying to do here, he's trying to show the Corinthians and he's trying to show us as well that there are priorities in our lives. And since the time is very short, we need to make sure that we have our priorities straight. And Paul is really just reiterating some things that Jesus said. If you were to look in Luke 14, 26, you will remember this. Jesus said, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and his mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, that's a key, he cannot be my disciple. And then there's the principles that he set forth in Matthew chapter 6 about not being worried about the material things of life, but instead of worrying about what you eat, what you drink, what you'll wear, what does he say to do? Seek first the kingdom of God. And all those things will be added unto you. So he's, he's talking about these two principles that he set forth. Now, if we go back and look at the Luke verse, I mean, that's a hard saying. If anyone comes to me and doesn't hate his own family, is that what Jesus is really saying? Well, of course not. That would be absurd to take it in, in that sense. He's not speaking here literally hate your family. But what he's saying is in comparison to your love for me, in comparison to your service to me, in comparison to your relationship with me, it would kind of look like you hate everybody else. He's saying that's how passionate towards me that you need to be. And look, we need to make no mistake about this. Jesus demands complete devotion to himself. Can I say that again? Jesus demands complete devotion to himself. Now, when you first became a believer, you, you didn't really get all this stuff most likely unless you took a long, long period of time of studying the word first and you were like, hey, I don't know if I want to do this. And that's not a bad thing. Many of us had to learn it over the years and we weren't completely devoted to Christ. Yes, he was my savior, but my Lord, I don't know about that part. Completely devoted. I remember as a young Christian reading verses like this and going, I don't like that verse, so I'm just going to ignore that one and go to the ones I like. You know, the ones where he provides for me and all that kind of stuff. I like those ones. But we're not, we're not allowed to do that. Jesus means every word that he says. Anything less than complete devotion means we're not truly a disciple of Christ. Now, I want you to listen really closely and do not misunderstand this next section that I'm going to talk about here um, because I'll get lots of emails. And so if you do disagree with what I have to say, you don't like it all, you can email me at matthewcolome at livingtruth.org. Okay? You see... Paul is saying, in comparison to your devotion to Christ, 
your marriage has to be a lower priority. And, and I'm going to tell you that I believe in the church today, and I think it may be a response to the fact that there are so many broken marriages. And we read the divorce statistics of quote-unquote Christian marriages, which are not accurate whatsoever. I, I shared Friday night at the uh, Valentine's dinner the, the divorce statistics between true disciples of Christ, those couples who who read the Bible together, pray together, and go to church regularly together, not just say, well, we're Christians, but add those things, the research shows the divorce rate is less than 4%. That's not what you hear in the media, is it? Less than 4%. In fact, I heard a recent study that used that same criteria and said it was less than 1%. Because there's a big difference between saying we're a Christian and actually doing the things that Christians do. But I think because of this culture of broken marriages that the church has had somewhat of an overreaction. And in fact, I think that we maybe have even elevated marriage to a higher plane than it should be. Now, um, I know that sounds weird coming from the pastor over the marriage ministry. (laughs) And it does sound weird. But I would say that for some people in the church today, marriage has become an idol to where the the couple may be more devoted to their marriage and their family than they are to the Lord Himself in Christian homes. And again, I, I said, listen closely. Don't misunderstand me here. But I think that there's truth to that. In fact, I know there is because I've watched it happen in people's lives. Now, I think you'd be hard-pressed to find anybody who's more concerned about having good godly marriages than I am. That's 90% of what I do here at Living Truth. But I do see people who make family more important than God. And I think if you think about it, you might might see what I mean here. You know, there's families where one or both people, you know, i got to work millions and millions of hours because my kids got to have the, all the brand new toys, they got to have the right clothes, and they got to have the newest video games, the latest version of Fortnite. They've got to have the top cell phone, you know. I mean, we used to have a 6, but that's not good enough. Now we got to have a, an iPhone 10 or whatever it may be. And, and my kids have to, we have to be in sports or music or drama. We have to do all of these things because that's prepping them to get into college. And as a parent, I have to be at every single game. Because if I'm not at every game, then I'm not being supportive. And oh, Junior's going to be devastated if I miss one out of his 697 games. And look, their grades have we got to get straight A's because we have to get into the best college. And look, if they're not getting straight A's, I got to go down to the teacher and straighten that teacher out because they just don't realize how perfect my child is. And then, you know, we're doing all these other things. So on some weekends when we don't have one of those things to do, we've got to get away together and we've got to have family time together because. You know, we're just not doing it all together here, and so we got to go away all the time. And, and what happens, you know, we all of a sudden find ourselves, we're, we're at church maybe once a month or less. And certainly we, we can't get involved in ministry and serving in the church because we've got to be here and there and everywhere. And, oh, you know, how's your devotional time when you come into my office? Oh, well, you know... I get up at 5 o'clock and, you know, I have to do this, get the kids ready for that, and then got to get to work, got to do this. And you find yourself in a place where 
God is the last priority in your life, but you're raising a godly family. I think that you get the picture of what I'm talking about. We have to be careful. Now look, I'm not saying that the ministry to our family isn't highly important. It is. It is important. But you know, we can be as guilty as the rest of the culture that we're living in today, which is teaching our kids that it's all those worldly things that are so important. That's what life's all about. Got to be successful at everything you do. Got to be involved in all of these things. And they learn that if they're successful in those endeavors, then they got get a lot of reward for that. A lot of praise, a lot of adoration, a lot of be, being put up on the pedestal. But the truth of the matter is, and I'm saying this as a type A person, and as you well know, who spent many years teaching and coaching, who strove to win every single game. I hate to lose. I still hate to lose. I tell my family, they were talking about playing Monopoly the other night, and I said, you guys don't want to play with me because I always win and then everybody gets mad at me. Because I can't stand to lose. But look, those things are not going to bring us the joy in life that our relationship with God will. We know that that's true, don't we? We know that you can be driven to all those things. And in fact, those people who get there, you get to the top. And I know, you know, winning a CIF championship, thinking that's the ultimate goal. And it's great for a night. And then the next morning you get up and you go, okay, how are we going to repeat that? I guarantee you Tom Brady woke up the day after the Super Bowl and went, man, do I have it in me for another year to do this? No, you're hoping no. Yeah. Packers fans, Steeler fans, Ram fans will say, no, you don't got it. Retire, Brady. <laughs> Look, parents, listen to me, you parents. And I'm speaking as a pastor, and I'm speaking as one who worked with high school students for 37 years. You do not want to spoil your kids with material things, but you also don't want to spoil them emotionally. You do not want your kids to think the entire world revolves around them. We've done that for a long time, and now we're all complaining. And you have no right to complain. You talk about all these millennials. They're so entitled. That's what I hear about them all the time. Well, whose fault is that? Theirs? Who taught them what they learned? Don't spoil your kids physically or emotionally. And Paul's telling us, look, if we're married and we have families, that's important, but we still need to seek first the kingdom of God in our life. And that we need to be concerned about the big picture, not just our family, but the big picture, the eternal picture of the kingdom of God. And you want to show your kids that the most important thing in your life is not them, but your relationship to the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what they need to see more than anything. That doesn't mean you neglect them. Because if you did, you wouldn't be showing them that. I really believe that the most important thing that you can do for your child is for them to see you in Bible study, in prayer, in service, knowing that God is more important to you than anything else. And being involved in some kind of ministry 
Don't be afraid to involve your kids. And one of the things I love here, I got to tell you, when I see the parking lot guys out there with their boys with them, that blesses my heart so much. Hi, I'm Sydney from Norco, California, and you're listening to Walk in Truth. You can now listen to Walk in Truth with Michael Lance wherever you go and whenever you want. That's because Walk in Truth can now be heard on your favorite podcast app. Apps like iPodcast, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, and much more. Simply open up your favorite podcast app and search Walk in Truth. Make sure you subscribe so you'll know when a new show is available. Thanks for listening and partnering with Walk in Truth. Hey, Shane Lance here, and I wanted to take a quick moment and encourage you to subscribe to our devotional called A Step Closer. This is a quick read from scripture with a little bit of commentary, and it's a great way to keep you growing in your walk with the Lord. In our crazy society right now, with all the things we jam-pack into our schedule, I'll be the first to admit that sometimes it's hard to find time to study God's Word. But it is so important as we grow in our relationship with the Lord to study His Word. It's such a vital aspect to our walk. You can text Step Closer as one word to 33222. Again, that's Step Closer as one word to 33222. We really believe here at Walk in Truth that this can be a great instrument in helping you grow in your relationship with the Lord. So once again, we'd encourage you to subscribe to our devotional called A Step Closer, and you can text Step Closer as one word to 33222. Now, here's Pastor Chris, right here on Walk in Truth. Don't spoil your kids physically or emotionally. And Paul's telling us, look, if we're married and we have families, that's important, but we still need to seek first the kingdom of God in our life. And that we need to be concerned about the big picture, not just our family, but the big picture, the eternal picture of the kingdom of God. And you want to show your kids that the most important thing in your life is not them, but your relationship to the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what they need to see more than anything. That doesn't mean you neglect them, because if you did, you wouldn't be showing them that. I really believe that the most important thing that you can do for your child is for them to see you in Bible study, in prayer, in service, knowing that God is more important to you than anything else. And being involved in some kind of ministry. Don't be afraid to involve your kids. And one of the things I love here, i got to tell you, when I see the parking lot guys out there with their boys with them, that blesses my heart so much. So much. You know, um, there was a pastor who was speaking one time, and, and he was made what seemed to be a big confession. He stood in front of the, the congregation. He said, I have to tell you, I, I had a drug problem. And everybody, whoa, really? I, we never knew this. He said, yep, my parents drugged me to church. Every time the door is open, every Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, they drugged me to church. And that's such a great thing. When my kids were young, uh, I used to go to parks, the beach, wherever, take my guitar, start singing Christian songs. And back then, believe it or not, people used to gather around. I've, I've done this more recently, and everybody's like, whatever. 
But back then, people used to gather around them. My kids had tracks, and they handed out tracks to those that would come around, and we would talk to them about the Lord. Drag your kids with you. Have them be part of your ministry. So I hope you see what I'm talking about here. I hope you don't take this incorrectly. But your relationship with God and your service to God is number one. But part of how you serve God is in how you serve your family. And I think you get the difference. All right, let's move on to the next category. Here we go. Single men and single women. Ears popping up here. Now, who does this mean? This is people who were ever never married, possibly, or single because of divorce, or single because of being widowed. And Paul is going to speak to them. And the common theme that Paul has here is, look, it's not only okay to be single, it can be a great asset in your serving the Lord. And I think this is so important for the church to hear today because I think we, and I'm going to say we married people, often make single people feel like, what's wrong with you? Why aren't you married yet? You're missing something. You know, you hear this all the time. You know, you're not complete until you get married. Where did you read that in the Bible? That's not biblical. You're complete in Christ, not just in your marriage. And I think we do that. We kind of, we place people, and I, I hope that you single people in here that raise your hands are going to listen to me here because I want to say that we shouldn't be doing that to you. Paul's saying that, look, singleness can be a great thing. You can be free to serve the Lord. And he's certainly supporting anyone who chooses to be single in order to more freely serve the Lord. If you look at this whole section in here, he says these things about single people. First, he says it's good for a man to remain as he is. Is he speaking only of men there uh, and not women? I don't think so. Um, but you might take it that way. He's speaking to them first. He, he later addresses women. But he also says, look, such... Married people, comparing you, married people will have trouble in this life. Oh, is Paul saying we're all going to have trouble in our marriages? <laughs> well, yeah, we're going to have a little bit of that. But I think he's more speaking about, look, when you're married and he's talking about, remember the mitigating factors, that there's going to be persecution and, and life is short and married people have to be worried about protecting one another. And he's saying, look, married people are going to have a little more trouble in life. And he says, I'm trying to spare you. From that he says also i want you to be free from concern one who is unmarried is concerned about the things of the lord how he may please the lord and then he says that you will secure undistracted devotion to the lord now that's not automatic by the way for a lot of you single people you know what i'm talking about that's not automatic you're not totally devoted to the lord you're devoted to other things but what he's saying is you have the freedom to be totally devoted to the Lord. I mean, there's great advantages. You think about it. As a single person, you only have to worry about feeding and clothing yourself, not other people. You, only, you have the time factors. You have much more free time than a person who's married and, and has a lot of other responsibilities. You, you're free to take off and go somewhere when you feel the Lord's directing, where a married person may not be able to do that. Too many responsibilities. Uh, mostly as a single person, you're not as worried about going home and having it be in perfect condition. <laughs> you know? Oh, I didn't make the bed. Yeah, whatever. You know? I'll get to it someday. That dish is in the sink. That's okay. 
you get the picture. I heard Pastor Chuck Smith talking about this, and he says, I remember when I was single, I could get in the car, and if I had to go do some ministry somewhere, he says, I'd get there really fast. I'd take, I think he said, a bag of apricots, you know, and, and, and some water, and he's on his way. And he said, when he got married, and he said the first time he was on his way home, and actually he was on his way home from Prescott. I thought that was very interesting. Um, and, you know, he's just wanting to get home and keep driving, and Kay says, when are we going to stop and eat? And his mind's going, stop and eat. I don't stop and eat when I don't, but he stopped and he ate because you're married. You have other people to consider. You don't just get to do what you want to do. And look, I want to say to all you single people here, but this is not just for living truth. This is in the body of Christ as a whole. But I want to say, if we have ever made you as a single person feel less whole, less holy, or a second-class Christian, then I want to apologize to you. And I ask that you would forgive us for doing that. And I want to remind you married people that we need to make sure we're not doing that. If God has called people to live single and, and serve Him in that way, or maybe they're just waiting to get married, we need to make sure that they understand they are valued people. They are valued Christians. And that we love them. And if you choose to stay single, and remember Paul said you need to have this gift of singleness. By the way, do you want to know what that really means? It means that you don't struggle with sexual desire. That's the gift of singleness. That's what he's talking about. If that's not an issue for you, then you may have that ability to live singly and not struggle with, um, you know, with lust or anything else. And, and you can serve the Lord fully and, and wholeheartedly. But look, some of you that are single want to be married. And that, that's great. That's awesome. But Paul has some things to say to you too. He's saying, single men, single women, if you choose to marry, hey, that is not a sin. If you choose to marry though, it must be in the Lord. It must be in the Lord. You're listening to Walk in Truth. And this was part two of the teaching, Singleness, Marriage, and Ministry by Assistant Pastor Chris Van Hook. Remember, we're trying to reach our goal of 100 new financial partners, and we're down to 85. So our hope for 2020 is to put this program on more radio stations, including some secular talk stations. We'd also like to have more apologetic events to reach and equip the community with God's truth. We can do that with your help of becoming a $30 a month partner, or you can give a one-time annual donation of $360. Remember, everything you give is tax deductible, and we'll make sure to send you the proof of your financial gift. So please donate today by going to walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. Now, here's Pastor Michael. Well, our beloved coach said, you can't spoil your kids with things or spoil them emotionally. Don't let your kids grow up thinking the world revolves around them. Make them think the world revolves around you. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Maybe. Anyway, <laughs> hey, I'm so glad you're listening to Walk in Truth. This is Pastor Michael. And you know what? It is important to have a biblical worldview and to really show our kids, and, and this is something our kids fight, we fight, that the world doesn't revolve around us, that it's not about us being self-centered, but other-centered. More specifically, we should say we should be God-centered and then other-centered. And this is the key to our vertical walk with the Lord. And this is the key to our horizontal relationships. Jesus didn't come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. 
And parents, you know, when we model that, when we model that we're serving our spouse, serving our family, of course, serving the Lord, that's going to come through. And our kids, I think, are going to catch the drift. I think also, those of you who have been able to take your kids on a missions trip or uh, have them look at, you know, the reality of the world outside of the U.S., like a building a house in Mexico, going on a short-term missions trip, these are great things to allow our children to see that the American way of life isn't the end all, and it certainly isn't what God wants us to be so enraptured with. Oh, man, we, we fight this with all the secular media coming uh, their way, with all of the self-centeredness and postmodernism that has shown up in our world in education, and it's really everywhere. And so we, we really need to give our kids a biblical worldview, and that is my encouragement to you as it relates to singleness, marriage, and ministry. Hey, speaking of coach, our beloved uh, pastor Chris Van Hook, he taught a message called The Origins of Christmas and kind of getting into the history of Christmas and the dating of December 25th. Was that the birth date of Jesus? And where did the traditions come from? And that kind of thing. That's available in the Walk-In Truth store And not only that, but there's uh, other teachings up there that you might find of interest for a Christmas gift, perhaps, for your own edification. And when you buy something, you contribute to the ministry of Walk in Truth. Check it out at walkintruth.com today. Go to the Walk in Truth store. You can get a product there. You can give a donation. And we are so glad you're listening. We'll catch you next time on the broadcast. Tune in tomorrow for the conclusion of Assistant Pastor Chris Van Hook's teaching in 1 Corinthians chapter 7. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people.